Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie and excited to have you with us this afternoon for another edition of Marnie's Friends. Today with our good friend Jesse Seneca. We've got a little hammering going on in the background, but that's okay. That's just part of life. Today we're going to be talking about Abound. A Call to Purposeful Servant Leadership. And during this hour with our wonderful friend and featured speaker over at womenspeakers.com, Jesse Seneca, you'll discover the four ways a leader can pursue purposeful leadership, the benefits available for the patient-minded, identifying the difference between perfection and a healthy pursuit of excellence, the best way to start your meetings and why, how to avoid burnout, and the seven reasons your passion may fade, the Joshua plan and how to implement it, the four steps of humility, and the six most important questions to consider when building a team. Jesse Seneca is a national speaker, author, leadership trainer, and founder of More of Him Ministries, and she leads conferences. She has been leading in community and churches for over 25 years, as well as serving as a frequent U-Lead presenter with LifeWay. Jesse and her husband, John, live in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. They have two adult daughters and wonderful sons-in-law. Most days, you will find her walking her two golden doodles, Bella and Murphy, and you can learn more about her at her website, www.moreofhimministries.org. Welcome to you, Jesse. Hi, Marnie. How are you? (laughs) I'm great, and it's so great to have you here. Thank you for joining me once again on air. You have been a faithful friend to us at uh, Bible Study Expo and WomenSeekers.com and Marty's Friends for years. So fun to have you back. And you actually have this new project you're just releasing right now about. And tell us about that. Yeah, so it's it's a book uh, for leaders, Abound, uh, A Call to Purposeful Servant Leadership. And uh, it's, it's a book that, you know, really came out of just my desire to help women um, be able to lead better in in the areas that they are. And it's not just for women's ministry leaders, but it can be in the workplace as well. Um, So there's only four chapters in the book. Um, I've done that because leaders are busy people and they don't have a lot of time. And so there's four chapters. You can either just read the four chapters uh, or you can do the read the four chapters and then do the self-development exercises that come along with each chapter. Mm-hmm. And they take about 15 minutes a day. There's five days for each of the chapters, 15 to 20 minutes a day. And you can certainly do it on your own, but it's more effective if you do it as a team and you get to know your team better, you know, get to know the giftedness, the vision and the mission of, you know, what, what's in front of you. And so um, I, I've been really excited about it. It came out uh, this summer, and I've got groups starting, you know, to do them this fall, and I've had some really good feedback. So um, that's, been, that's been really exciting. 
Great. And it sounds like it would be a good match for a mastermind group as well to go through as a group of leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, any Really, any leadership role. And this is the first book, Marnie, that I've written that's kind of unisex. So I've made it very unisex <laughs> in, in the writing because I know that there's going to be some men, you know, on leadership teams. Um, and so what I did to help with that was at the end of each chapter, I have a different person give a, a very personal uh you know, explanation of that chapter and how that particular uh, chapter impacted them in their in their walk, in their business. And so I have, you know, from pastors to um, Silicon Valley executives to, you know, just uh, someone who works in, in a hospital or in a bank kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, it's I really love that part of it as well because it brings another voice and it brings another, you know, the practical side of, of their lives. Right. I always think that's so important to see, see it actually practiced out instead of just hear the theory of it. So what are four right. ways that a leader can pursue purposeful leadership? Well, you know, I, I firmly believe that it starts by leading yourself well, you know, leading yourself well. And then as you lead yourself well, it filters down, um, you know, to those that you lead as well. And so the four areas in the first chapter, um, the first chapter is the call and just understanding kind of what your calling is. There's situational, you know, callings, and then there's lifetime callings. And so, um, the one area that really I think of pursuing, you know, purposeful leadership is walking in a manner worthy of your calling. And, and that's kind of what the whole book is, is based on is, is knowing um, your principles and the beliefs that you have, because the beliefs that we have dictate our actions. And so if we have that right, you know, that vertical, um, uh, relationship with Jesus, if we have that well done, you know, well, we, then we can then lead others well um, also. And so just you know, if that comes from Philippians 4.1, you know, to walk in that manner that's worthy of your calling. And, and that really looks like walking in the spirit. Now, I know that we can walk in the flesh in any time, but if, if we mentally think about walking in the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, you know, all of those fruits of the spirit that it, it gives you um, a better outlook on others that you're leading. And I always think about, I I love the scripture in Proverbs three, three. It's kind of my version of, you know, wear kindness as a necklace. And if we can think about that as we are approaching a meeting, approaching a conflict conversation, um, you know, whatever we're, we're going into, a speaking event, uh, if we wear kindness as a necklace, it can change the way we, we look at things. The second thing is fulfill the ministry set before you. That comes from Second Timothy 4, 5. And, and that's really just to know what your calling is. Because when you know where God's calling you, it helps you to say no to some really good things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, right. So, um, you know, just 
fulfill the calling in front of you, not someone else's calling. Because I think so many times, and I know I've been guilty of this early on, you know, when I felt God called me into a particular ministry, and that didn't come to fruition for 12 and a half years. You know, you look at other people that are doing what you want to be doing, right? And you, you know, you, you can do whatever you can to try to, do that, but it's in God's timing. And so, if you can look at those people with you know adoration, um, or look at them and say, "I want to emulate them," you know, see the good things and, and watch how they, you know, act the way that they do things, and, and learn from that. So then, when God does open, you know, that door uh, to fulfill your ministry, that you know, you can you can walk through that door. And then abound, um, abound in the work of the Lord. You know, have that Ephesians 3.20 attitude that God can do far more above and beyond what we could ever imagine or think, right? And But it's in his power. And so having a good work ethic helps us to pursue purposeful leadership. And I, I just want to take a second to kind of define purposeful because I think this is really helpful um, it's to be intentional, it's to be meaningful, it's to be determined to do something. And so when we have that pursuit of, you know, being intentional with our, our leadership skills, with being uh, meaningful in, in the way that we act and react to those that are on our team, and then just being determined to, to do all that God has called us to do. And then live fruitfully, um, Excel, make a difference. You know, I in Philippians four one, God um, gave this to me back in, at Christmas time. I was just reading through Philippians, and I know I can't get into my testimony, and I've shared that with you before at times. Um, but I had been sick and in a psychiatric hospital uh, when I was early on, when I was twenty seven years old, and there was a Christian counselor that would pray over me and say, Jesse, one day. God's going to use this. And she would pray Philippians um, 1 over me. And and my thought was, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. But this scripture in 22 of verse, uh, chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 22, but if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose, right? Paul was having that discussion of, is it better for me to go to heaven or is it better for me to stay here? But God has left us here for a reason and a purpose. And each one of us are to live fruitful lives for him, to to excel in the things that he's called us to do and to make a difference. And so I really think those are, are the four ways of living and pursuing a purposeful leadership, walking in a manner worthy of your calling, fulfill the ministry set before you, abound in the work of the Lord, and then to live fruitfully. I love that. And I love about God that he never wastes anything. Any of these experiences that we go through that are so hard, difficult to walk through, their dark souls of the night or whatever you want to call them, and as we as we just yield those up to him, he promises to bring good. And it's just so comforting. I love that about working for God. That mm-hmm. I can know that no matter what's happening to me, he can bring good out of it. Um, yeah. And and that kind of we just have to... Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, and, and we have to find the purpose in what he's allowed in our lives, right, and be able to, to build off of that. Yeah, and I mean, I think sometimes that's a long way down the road. I, I always like to think of the Joseph story. I mean, he was 10 years in prison without ever knowing how that was going to turn out. You know, and he had to right. trust really blindly, yeah. just trust that God knew where he was. And even though nobody else knew where he was, uh, nobody was coming to save him, uh, that God had a purpose for him. And it, it, his story, I always love his story so much because it just amazes me that he remains so faithful that the moment he's in front of the king and the king's saying, I heard you can, you know, uh, interpret dreams, and he just gives all the glory to God. He's just right there still mm-hmm. with Jesus, just walking with God, you know. So, uh, mm-hmm. but this is kind of brings us to this next point we were going to talk about a little bit. It's about this patience. And it really does require a faith and patience to walk with God. Yes, the, the, the benefits of being patient Uh, It's not easy, is it? (laughs) Uh, There's so many times that we want to run ahead of God, and and I've done it, and I'm sure you've probably done it at times, and we learn patience the hard way, um, but we can learn from that. And there's purpose um, in that patient time. And so, you know, it's, I feel like it's clarified in our normal day-to-day life and and what God gives us right in front of us, that if we're just faithful in those areas, that he will use them. And and I'm sure, Marnie, you, you can look back over your life just as I can and see the good things and see the things that weren't so good and how God used them and built upon each one to bring us really into where we are right now, you know, in our, in our walk with God. And so um, in the day-to-day life, it, it can be clarified. I think about Gideon and how he was just, you know, doing his day-to-day work um, and with the grain and, and beating the grain. And God came to him in that day-to-day life and said, I'm going to make you a great warrior, and you're going to win this battle, you know, and it's in those day-to-day things that if we're just faithful with those things that God builds upon them. And then I do believe, you know, patience is developed. It's not something um, we we get right away in our life. And, I mean, I think it's a lifetime of, of learning patience, and so – it's developed. It's not something that you're just going to ask for right away and it's given to you, although it can be, but I think it's developed over time. And then the thing with patience is there's, there's anticipation that builds with it. It's just like having a baby, right? I mean, your daughter just had a baby and the anticipation of the birth, um, that, that nine months of, of waiting and the, the blessing that comes at the end, well, it's, it's like that with things that God gives us. If he's given us a, a calling that we felt he's called us to, and it hasn't happened right away, like the anticipation of it happening is so exciting, and it keeps you, 
I think, in stride with, with where God's calling you and, and helping you to, to know what you can do in that waiting period. And, and for me, I know with having the speaking ministry that I have now, if God would have given that to me when I thought that he was, it would have been a train wreck. And I knew that I needed to just get in his word and study his word. And I've got a long way to go with all of that. But, you know, I just dove into Bible study after Bible study and and wanted to learn all I could of his word. So when he did open the door of opportunity that I was better prepared, right, and learning the patience through all of that to, to move forward with what he had put in front of me. Absolutely. I, th- I think, too, we have to keep in mind that everything has a different gestation period, you know, like for an oak tree, it's 70 years. For a baby, it's nine months. Uh, for some uh, rabbits or whatever, it's just short, a couple weeks. And, and we don't ever know how long the gestation period will be, but God does know and just to trust him for that. This is Marnie Sledberg. You're visiting with us today at Marnie's Friends talking about Abound, a call to purposeful servant leadership. We're going to take a short break, come back and talk about how to identify the difference between perfection and a healthy pursuit of excellence, the best way to start your meetings and why, and start into how to avoid burnout and the seven reasons your passion may fade. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring nearly 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range some near you. It's all available to you 24 hours a day so you can start your most enjoyable speaker search anytime you have time. Search by location, name, topic, or fee range. Connect directly with the speakers you like using their social media links or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connection place since 2002. Speaker profiles include a bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who've heard them speak, and so much more. It's all fast, fun, and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out right now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and you are joining us at Marnie's Friends with our guest today, Jesse Seneca of moreofhimministries.org. Jesse, let's go ahead and talk about how to tell the difference between perfection and a healthy pursuit of excellence. I know that this is really problematic for a lot of people, and I think maybe especially women. I don't know. That's what I think. Oh, <laughs> it is a there's a very fine line, right? Between, I think between perfection and a healthy pursuit of excellence. Um, I, I think the pursuit of perfectionism, which is really hard today with with social media and and being able to see everything everyone's doing and, you know, putting up the best picture of them and and all of that. But the perfection comes from external comparisons. Like we're always comparing ourselves to others where excellence involves satisfaction for achievement that comes from within. It's something from within. And, And I loved you know, in the book of Ruth, how Boaz says, Ruth, the whole village knows what you've done, and you are a woman of excellence. And, and with Ruth, it was just she just did the next thing. She just did the next thing right. 
that she knew to do and and it came from within and so I think perfection you know is that external comparison where the excellence is it, it comes from within it comes from what you believe in your core again it's that whole um, belief system right that you have so then that dictates the way that you live but I know I wrote in the book, I wrote this, that perfection is doing the thing right. So it's other-focused, you know, it's, it's doing the thing right, making sure you're doing it right, where excellence is just doing the right thing. And so it's more focused on the reason for the task um, at hand. Mm. And so um, I, those are the, I think, you know, the differences between perfection and the healthy pursuit of excellence. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the words themselves, but I do know that there is a real difference in our spirits when we are uh, consumed with what we all call perfectionism, you know, that Uh it has to be just perfect or I can't rest. Compared to when we're just, I I like what you said, doing the next thing. And and that's a phrase I, I use a lot. I just do mm-hmm. the next thing, and and a lot of times that's real frustrating because I wish I could see farther out. I wish I could see, you know, what's gonna, what the end result is going to be, and a lot of times I can't. A lot of times all I know is the next step, and it just has to be right. enough to do that. You know, and the Pharisees, mm-hmm. Jesus really oftentimes criticized, criticized the Pharisees for wanting to look really good, you know, which is what mm-hmm. you're talking about here, just that, that, that perception of looking good versus the actual goodness of the heart of God. You know, they're two very different things. And sometimes mm-hmm. the goodness of the heart of God doesn't, doesn't look very nice at all. You know, uh, it, mm-hmm. just, it is, doesn't have that polished, <laughs> polished look to it. Well, we've got all kinds of stuff going on today, hammering and dogs, and <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and talk about um, meetings, because this is what a leader has to do a lot of, is hold meetings. And you have a good way for us to start a meeting. So go ahead and teach us that right now. Yeah. You know, early on in my leadership skills and time, I I would add in prayer. Um, You know, it would start the meeting. It would end the meeting. And that was probably about the extent of it. Um, But as I've grown in my leadership skills and um, realized the importance of prayer, uh, that is something that has become very important in our meetings. And so what I have started to do is have a prayer time prior to the logistical time of the meeting. And I like to separate the rooms because we, we get into that conference room and we're sitting around that table and we've got the agenda in front of us. And all of a sudden we just start talking about the things we need to do. And, you know, that starts to happen. And so um, I, I've started to uh, begin the meeting in a totally separate room from the logistical conference setting and just have prayer with our team Um, And, you know, you can choose the amount of time. It can be 15 minutes. It can be an hour. Um, But just straight out prayer and, you know, yes, prayer for whatever you have that's in front of you, like, you know, you're organizing an event or you're going to a speaking time or um, you're organizing a retreat, whatever it might be, 
um, absolutely pray for that part of it, but also it's a time for personal prayer with your team members. And I really think that you get to know your team members as you go through this prayer time, this prayer experience with, with one another. And so I typically have someone who's in charge of that prayer time, like they're, they oversee that, that prayer time and, and keep us kind of on task, you know, with that, that prayer time. And we, we really let it go as long as we think. Um, typically, we're at least a half hour to an hour of prayer. And then once that time is over, you know, then we'll go into the other room where we have the agenda and we have a, you know, full, full schedule of bullet points. <laughs> and so I really think as leaders, you know, we want to get to the logistical part of, of the conference or, you know, of the, uh, the meeting time. But I think the most important bullet point on your agenda is to have that prayer time. And I have seen it make a difference in my teams and in the events. Um, that we we hold, and so it it gets like I met, you mentioned we have a leadership conference called She Leads, and it's it's starting to get hard because I've got I can choose from twenty presenters, you know, to be a part of of that conference and have breakout workshops and that kind of thing, and, and they're they're spanned through you know five states, so thankfully. Now we've got video conferencing, you know, and we can we can hold different meetings that way and, and start out with prayer that way too. But it, it kind of you got to get creative, right? And for me, I, I think the best meetings are definitely the ones that you're face to face, hand to hand, you know, talking, you know, person to person. But if the next best thing is a video conference, thank God for technology. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always think that the other thing that prayer does is it gets everybody on the same playing field. It just puts us all at the foot of the cross and it breaks down the tendency that we have to be territorial, to have, you know, to marry our opinions and all of those kind of things. I think it just makes us much more receptive to the spirit working through the meeting as well as in our hearts during the meeting, too. I love that. So um, burnout is something that every leader has to uh, consider. Uh, It does happen to leaders a lot. Uh, So how do you avoid burnout? And then uh, what are the seven reasons that your passion may just fade? Yeah. So burnout does happen, right? Even when you're walking in the calling that God has given to you. I mean, exhaustion comes and tiredness comes. But I do feel that a lot of times, that that tiresome that frustration comes at when we aren't walking in what God's called us to and we've all done it we've all filled a position that really wasn't within our giftedness but someone needed to right or or we have filled a position because there wasn't anyone in it and we just feel well we have to have six people on our team so we we've got to fill that position when in the long run, it was the worst thing you could have done for the team, right? I mean, that happens at times. And so, um, but I'm, I'm talking here about, you know, what you're asking about um, just how to avoid burnout. And so I just want to start with Revelation chapter 2 where, you know, Jesus was talking to the church at Ephesus. And he he 
in the beginning of, of that chapter, he is, is commending them for all the great things that they had done for, for God. And, and they had, he went through a checklist of all the good things that they had done. But in the end, what, what happened was they lost their first love. And so they lost the passion in their doing. And so it, it happens as a leader, we can get so caught up in the things, right, that we're doing and, oh, we're doing them for God when we're missing that relationship with him because we're, we're working in our own power. And so um, avoiding burnout, it, these, these are some of the, the, the ways that I've, I've read through um, a book that um, Hans Finzel has written, and it really resonated with me, um, these seven areas that um, where we can, we can see burnout and, and how we can avoid it. So um, our passions might fade or we might lose the doing, you know, in the passion um, when we're striving for power, when we want that power struggle and, and we're doing it because of power or prestige, like you know, look who look look what I'm doing, and you you go on a committee because you want everybody to know that you're on that committee. But is it the are the motives right behind it? And so it can fade. Our passion can fade because we're we're striving for a position, um, you know, to have that higher position, and maybe we're not even ready for that position yet. Popularity, I think. Um, you know, and especially with social media, as I mentioned earlier, you can see how so-and-so has, you know, 15,000 likes or, or someone else has, you know, 800 likes and, and you're only getting 110, you know. And so that, that whole popularity thing can really defeat someone and, and, and your passion and what you're doing can fade because you don't, you know, you're not – up to par with what others are doing. And so we, we need to check that pride, right? We, we, we just can get prideful at times and, and, and lose that humility. And so, you know, our passion can fade in that personal gain. Uh, just, it it kind of goes along with, with all the ones that I've mentioned already. And sometimes we lose the passion because we need a paycheck. And that happens at times. We, we find that, People who are paid for what they're doing, they're really only staying in that position because they need money. And, and and I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, there's times that, you know, yeah, you have to be good stewards of the, the money that God's given you and, you know, bringing in that income. But sometimes that's the only reason. And our passion uh, can fade in that. And so I think the biggest thing, Marnie, is, just always checking our motives of why we're doing what we're doing. You know, is it just for power, prestige, position, popularity, pride, personal gain, a paycheck? Like, is it just for that? Or is that just what comes, you know, with being obedient with what God's called you to do right now? Mm. Um, So I think it can fade with that. I love that. I think uh, one of the best trainings I've ever heard on that, um, on burnout, he just said, he said, you know, God simply doesn't burn out. God's fire is always hot. 
but there are a couple of times when we burn out. First of all, when we're not connected to God's fire anymore, when we're just doing it in our own strength is the most obvious one, which we've been talking about here. And then there's also a time where God will extinguish a fire because he needs you to go start one another place. Um, and you may experience that as burnout simply because God's moving you from one place to another. You no longer have the passion or the energy to do that job. And I thought that that was really helpful to recognize that, oh, sometimes he does that. Um, he moves people around in many different ways. A lot of times in the Bible, he's moved people around through persecution. I mean, he doesn't always do it through the way we want. Jesse, as always, we want to get that beautiful call, you know, the the call mm-hmm. that, you know, very clear <laughs> vision mm-hmm. <laughs> splendor but a lot of times he uses many different ways and i love your seven p's that's just awesome and it, it goes back kind of to what you're saying about motives and it goes back to that revelation i i like to think about the verse in revelation where he talks about you've lost your first love uh, how are we when we're first in love we really really just want to be with the person all the time I and mean, we're thinking about them all the time we're we're with them as much as we possibly can be and I really think that that's where we get in trouble in, in our in our work for God is that we begin to become independent with it. And we begin to do it in our own strength, separate from him, instead of continuing with that love relationship, which is really mm-hmm. how we intended it to be. Totally a love mm-hmm. relationship where it's just him mm-hmm. flowing all this stuff through us. You know, we're not manufacturing it for his glory. He's flowing it through us so mm-hmm. that he can be glorified in and through our lives. So those are really cool. Mm-hmm. This is Marnie Sledberg here visiting with us today at Marnie's Friends with our guest, Jesse Seneca of moreofhimministries.org. We're going to take a real short break. Come and talk about the Joshua plan and how to implement it, plus the four steps of humility. Don't go away. Minutes with Marnie is my per minute coaching service. Whenever you feel stuck, have an idea you want to run by me, need to pick my brain, or would like me to edit your one-pager media pitch, just schedule a 15 to 60-minute session using the Easy Calendar tool at Marnie.com. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I hope to connect with you one-on-one soon. Visit Marnie.com, that's M-A-R-N-I-E.com, to schedule your coaching session right now. Welcome, welcome back. I love doing coaching sessions. just have a few hours available every week to do those, so if you want to Get with me one-on-one, just visit Marnie.com and schedule that. Our guest today is Jesse Seneca of moreofhimministries.org, as well as the founder of She Leads Conferences. Jesse, let's go ahead now and talk about the Joshua plan. And first of all, I'm sure that everybody that's listening agrees with me that Joshua's got to be one of our favorite people in the whole Bible, because he's just so cool. And um, he's <laughs> His life was just so amazing um, in what God used him to do. And then there was that, that, that part at the beginning of Joshua where, you know, God just talks to him and says, you know, every place upon the ground which your foot will step, that's what I'm giving you. And fear not. He says to him multiple times, don't be afraid. Fear not. Be brave. Be strong. So I am curious to hear um, how you have, what is the Joshua plan that you've seen in Scripture? I'm always, I'm always so eager to learn more about Joshua. Yeah, I I love Joshua too, um, and and you you know Marnie that Joshua and Caleb were the only two that went into the promised land from their forty years of wandering, and what what happened was Moses, you know I I love the book of Deuteronomy because it it shares 
all that Moses wanted to teach Joshua so he would know, you know, about God and, and how to act and how to live. And it, it, it's just a great book for that. But then Joshua had to make the move, right? And he he said it at the beginning of Joshua in chapter 3, like, I've never gone this way before, God. I've never gone this way before. And then he told the people, consecrate yourself for the Lord's going to do great things. And then he had the, the priests, the 12 priests, they had to put their foot into the Jordan for it to open for them. So there was a step that they needed to take to make that happen. And so um, I love that you called it the Joshua plan and how to implement it. I, I don't think that that's what I called it in the book, but when I saw <laughs> that you had, you know, sent me that question, I was like, oh, I love that. I love it. And so <laughs> when, I, when I talk about, um, you know, in, in the book um, is about Moses giving instruction to Joshua and what what is important for you because it's one leader to another you know of, of passing the baton to someone else and Moses told Joshua that the power comes from the Lord the power comes from the Lord Joshua right? it doesn't come from you pulling up your bootstraps which of course we have right. to take that step at times and be a part of it but but Moses is saying the power comes from the Lord, and we know in Second Peter that it tells us that we can be partakers of that divine power. And I, I love that, that, you know, we have something in us, the Holy Spirit, that it's far greater than anything that we can conjure, you know, of our own up and, and be able to be partakers of that power. So Moses says, you know, power comes from the Lord. And then he tells them to seek after him and you will find him. You know, seek God. And, and, and it's a promise that God will let you find him. David told Solomon the same thing. You know, seek the Lord and he will let you find him. And I always think about how it's the greatest hide and seek game, right, that you could ever have is, is just continue to seek him. And so, you know, Moses is telling Joshua, seek after him. Serve him with all of your heart. And then the Lord your God goes before you to fight for you against your enemies. Like, you don't have to do it all alone, Joshua. God is fighting for you. And then love the Lord your God. Obey his voice and hold fast to him. And, and that tells us that in Deuteronomy thirty twenty. All of these that I'm talking about come from Deuteronomy as, as Moses is instructing Joshua. So first, the power comes from the Lord. Second, seek him. He will let you find him. Serve him with all your heart. Know that God goes before you. Even if you're, you know, you're going to a speaking event uh, or you're holding a retreat or a conference, like God is already there waiting for you. And, and to have that security that he, he's preparing you to, to go into that place. And then love the Lord, you know, your God, obey his voice, and then hold fast to him. And I think one of the greatest things for us to um, realize is the, that obedience is so important. Like, that's up to us. And that was one thing that, that you mentioned Joseph earlier, and it reminded me of that. And now we're looking at Joshua. Like, they were obedient with 
what was in front of them, not knowing what the full outcome would be. And so it's the same for us. Be obedient. You know, that's up to us. And then the outcome is up to God. Yeah, I love that. And even in the New Testament, it mentions that Jesus had to learn obedience to the things that he suffered. So obedience is a process of learning, of learning to listen and follow God. It's not something that you just arrive at in full maturity. It's a process of learning right. and exploring that. And, and it's a gift that we have to be able to give to God is our obedience. Jesus talked about that. You know, God says, you know, I, in all these sacrifices and all this, I haven't, you know, delighted, but in your body and you doing what I ask you to do and letting me live through you. That's what I, that's what I want. So you, uh, what are the four steps of humility? Well, I, I think there's only three that I, I had shared here, but um, the the three, and you know, the scripture that comes to my mind is James um, 4, and, and I'm not sure, there, there's, in, in James 4, it tells us to submit or humble ourselves to the Lord, to draw near to him, to cleanse ourselves, and then humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. So there's four things there, you know, first, right, to submit to him, to draw near to him, to cleanse ourselves, and then let God be the one to exalt you, not yourself. And so there's some benefits for being humble. And listen, Marty, I I don't even like to talk on this because as soon as you – say or feel that you're being humble, that it goes out the window, right? So it's, it's hard to talk on humility because we all want to be humble, but of course there's times that we're just not. And, and so, but it, I think if, if we can submit ourselves to him, draw near to him, cleanse ourselves, and let him be the one who exalts us. You know, I was with a, another leader a few weeks ago, and she asked me, she said, Jesse, what's one of the greatest, what's, what, do, what do you think is the greatest quality of a presenter that you look for when you're, you know, mm-hmm. wanting them to come onto your team for, for your leadership conference? And it was very simple for me to answer that. And I, for me, it's watching others. And, and, and kind of checking their humility. Um, you know, are they willing to take out the garbage? You know, are they willing uh, right, to, right. right, let someone go before them? Um, you know, do they give the glory to God or do they, they take it for themselves? Um, and so just watching others and seeing the, that humility is a really um, big quality. For me, as, as I, you know, choose people to work with, but, you know, humble leaders, they benefit from others. So as, as a humble leader, like, welcome the wisdom of others. Welcome the giftedness of others and know that, you know, you can't do it all by yourself. I can't do it all by myself. And I think for me, that was a huge step in in my process of, of leadership and um, building teams and, and just knowing that, you know, God gives everybody different gifts and he gives it for the church, for the body of Christ. And, and, and the importance of that, it's huge. So I think humble leaders, you know, benefit from others. Um, they, 
uh, humble leaders energize others. We want to see others excel. And I have a quote here that Hans Finzel said, and, and it says this, great leaders inspire us to go places we would never go on our own and to attempt things we would never, that we never thought we had in us. And, and I, I think back to people who poured into my life, and I'm sure you can think about those that have poured into your life, like they saw something in you that you might not even have seen in yourself, but that they, they could see down the road and say, you know, this is, this is where I think God's taking you. How, how can I help you prepare to, to go through that door when he opens it? And so humble leaders energize others, and then humble leaders receive from the Lord. Um, God always is trying to give us good things. But sometimes our hands are too full, you know, to receive them. And so um, just having empty hands to receive, you know, receive from the Lord. And, again, I think that goes back to, you know, that secret quiet time with God. Mm, so beautiful. I always loved uh, Elizabeth Elliot defined humility as flexibility. And I always thought that was so profound and good. What you were saying just now, though, about um that the leaders that inspire us to go places we would never go. And certainly when we think about a military background, that is obvious that that's what military leaders are always doing is taking troops somewhere where the individual themselves would never, never dare to go. So great tips for leadership. We're going to come back in just a moment and talk about the six most important questions to consider when building a team. We'll be right back. Leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. You're visiting us with us today for a program called Abound, a call to purposeful servant leadership with the book by the same author, same title. The author is Jessica Seneca, and she's with us here today from moreofhimministries.org. Welcome back, Jesse. We're going to talk in this last segment about the six most important questions to consider when building a team. And... Um, I, I just don't, you guys that don't know Jessie prior to this interview today, she's written some great Bible study books, uh, digging into um, how the Bible teaches, and I know that that's what your whole book here is about, too, biblical leadership. Um, so how, what are some important questions to consider when building a team? Well, I can't believe how fast this hour is going, Marnie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. Um, it always flies by. It goes so fast. Um, so we, we talked about it at the beginning of the segment, the importance of prayer. Um, I think that, you know, as you're building the team, uh, you know, to, to be praying about who God to be on that team, because sometimes we want to fill the position with the person that we think should be on that, in that role. And sometimes God has a very different plan for that. And so I think, um, you know, having that, that prayer time, is really important and the, the you know foremost part of building a team. 
Secondly, I think it's important, you know, depending on where you are in a church setting or in a, you know, secular uh, business setting, uh, to consult, you know, with your pastor, with a boss or a person in a higher authority on some, you know, on a person that you want to build your team with or who you want to add on to a team. Uh, because there's times, especially within the church, that we we don't always know the background story of some people, and not that your pastor has to divulge any of you know all of that information to you, but there might be a reason why a person shouldn't be in the role they are you're wanting to put them in at that particular time, um, and so I think just consulting with with the pastor is a really good idea. Um, and to give you the green light, you know, yeah, this is a great role for that person. Or, or maybe you even go to them and say, hey, do you have someone in mind, you know, for this role, um, you know, that we're trying to fill? And I think that's a really good place, um, you know, to start with um, building that team. Uh, watch those that you do ministry with. So if you're a Bible study leader um, and you have, you know, a Bible study in your church or in the community, and you're needing to fill a role of a facilitator, another Bible study leader, uh, you know, just watch those that you do ministry with. You know, of course, if, you, if you're doing Bible study and, and there's a woman that wants to be a Bible study leader or facilitator and they never do their homework, you know, and they come to class every week and their homework's not done, like, you're going to second guess if, if that's a person you want in that role. And so I think as being the main leader or the head of, of something, uh, just being watchful uh, of those that are around you. And, and that will tell a lot in how uh, they prepare, uh, you know, and, and especially for a, a particular role. Like you want to see certain areas that they're, they're doing and are, are they doing these? And it's not, you know, maybe it's not the season of their life, you know, for, for that. So just watching those and being, um, being intentional with, with watching them and, and talking with them. Uh, and do they follow through with small tasks that you've been, that they've been assigned? I think, you know, you can kind of test people uh, if, you know, you're considering them for a role, you know, do they, do they, do they do the small tasks well and, and, do they complete them? And so, you know, choosing uh, to, to watch and watch those that you work with. Uh, what's their availability status? You know, is, is someone that you're looking to bring onto the team doing way too much already and not able to be a part of the team or taking on that role, you know, it's going to throw them into a big tizzy, right, in a downward spiral. And so just kind of knowing knowing their ability, um, availability and their ability, right? Knowing what their giftedness is, what is their passion? Like, are they passionate about this particular position or ministry or job? Is that passion within them, you know? And you can tell when somebody's passionate about something, right? They talk about it all the time. And so making sure they're passionate about, you know, the role that, you're bringing them on. And then lastly, just ask them. You know, uh, sometimes we overthink things. And I, and I know I just mentioned to check their availability, but I had a situation once, Marnie, where I had this woman 
in mind for a particular position. And I thought, you know, she just does, she's already involved in four Bible studies. I'm, I'm wanting to ask her to be a part of leading in our Bible study. And I just kept feeling this burden to ask her, like, to, to be, you know, her to be a part of our team. And so I did. I went and I talked to her. And I didn't know that God was putting into her heart to leave two of those Bible studies because we talked earlier about being called into something. We can be called out of something. And so sometimes we don't really know what's going on in another person's life and how God is speaking to them unless we talk it through. Now, if I would have talked to her and and she said, you know, I – I'm going to be doing these four Bible studies, but sure, if you want me to be a part of it, you know, that would be a, that would be a red flag right there. And it would be a no for me. Right. But the fact that she was stepping, feeling called of being stepped out of something to go into something else, you know, that, that was different. And so in the end, basically, you know, just asking them. So I'll recap them. Um, Pray, ask, a higher authority, if that person's a good fit, watch the people that you work with in ministry and in the workplace, their availability status, what's their passion, and then lastly, just ask them. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's, you know, these, as with every everything, there's the best practice, which is what we've you've just been describing here, this Six levels best practice, and then there's then there's just when God just does something above and beyond, you know, it takes you out, right? Like, like the lady when you ask, you know, and she, yeah, well, he's already working in her heart, different, you know, to prepare her to come mm-hmm. over. And so I think just to, uh, Kim Avery was on just a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about how when God called her into her consulting business, she did the best practice that she'd always done in in the minute in the workplace is that she went and she got advice from ten people. And she ran it by them, and they all said, no, that was a bad idea. But it, in her spirit, she could not lay it down. She just, it was like God was just saying, no, you have to go forward with this. And so she did, and God has really blessed her, and God, God uses her in just amazing ways. But um, so we, we have these best practices, which we always have to uh, say, okay, this is how it goes. Unless the spirit, you know, unless the spirit does something different here, in which case we just want to go with the spirit. And, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus went into the temple every single other time and didn't turn over the table until the day he did. You know, and so we just have to, mm-hmm. we just have to walk with him and let him, it's back to that love relationship. Don't lose your first love. Don't lose sight of who you're leading for and who is leading through you because that's, that's where it really all comes down to. Well, this hour has just <laughs> gone so fast that I knew it would. But, um, Jesse, you have a... You have a lot of things that you are involved with. Um, you write, you speak, you coordinate. She leads conferences as well as other things. You have a website called moreofhimministries.org, and you guys want to go over and visit that uh, right after the show here. And, Jesse, what are they going to find over there? Oh, well, thank you, Marnie, you know, for having me on, on the program and just working and talking through some of these um, you know, attributes of, of being a, a purposeful servant leader. Um, so they can absolutely find um, my book, Abound, over at moreofhimministries.org and um, the other books that I've written, 
um, Bible studies, Raising Girls, Diaper to Diamond, uh, Book on Friendship. So there, there's that whole bookstore part of, of the, the website. Uh, yes, they can see conferences that are coming up as well as speaking things like, you know, if they would want to invite me to come to their event or their retreat, they can find some of the previous speaking um, themes that I've, I've done in the past, but I absolutely will um, tailor make a, a retreat for them, you know, with their topic as well. So, yeah, those are some of the things that you can find over there. And, of course, uh, my contact information is all on the website as well. And you have a new grandbaby coming. I do in March. It'll be our first grandbaby. Congratulations. Um, so yeah. Thank you. I know I'm gonna join your little club. <laughs> yeah, I just barely joined it myself. My my little one is just six weeks old tomorrow, so that's pretty yeah. fun. I was over so there sweet. cuddling with her this morning and oh my goodness, just so oh. much fun to be here locally with those kids. So Really fun that way. Well, thank you so much for your life and for your ministry, Jesse. Thank you for your friendship to me and to uh, my ministries um, over the years and look forward to many more good times together. Great. Thank you so much, Marnie. I I love being with you always. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you guys for being here. We just can't have a show without listeners and we can't get the word out without our host uh, our host stations as well as the syndicates and those of you who host us on your website, thank you for that. Those of you who find a way to get here live on Wednesday afternoons, we appreciate that so much. And uh, that helps our rankings here at Blog Talk Radio to often be number one uh, ranked here at the Blog Talk station. And thank you for making that possible as well as just for tuning in and then for sharing the episodes around the web. We would love to hear your feedback, and if you know of someone that you would like to hear me interview, just please go ahead and submit that at marniesfriends.com. Also, we are looking forward to a lot of great things coming up. Um, if you just want to keep track of things, marniesfriends.com or else marnie.com is a place to do that. Again, thanks for being here. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next time. I'm Marnie's friends. Bye-bye. take a few moments right after the show and help me out i am curious who we're missing so for example do you know of any speaker who is missing from womenspeakers.com do you know of a guest expert who you'd love to hear me interview on marnie's friends or maybe you know of a major christian women's event group that is not yet represented over at womensevents.info Would you just take a moment after the show, swing over to Marnie.com and use the support link at the bottom of any page to recommend her to us. That would be awesome. I thank you for partnering with me in ministry, and God bless your day.